Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. You as well. Awesome episode today. Packed. We get to We get to chill with another friend, right? Another friend who's been been too long uh distant in our life but it's been it's been a cool opportunity for us to get to connect and catch up with him um our former roommate brett bullwig out by you these days kind of yeah well we joke we joke that we're neighbors uh i live in bozeman he lives in uh whitefish which you know is by the crow is not as actually it's about the same distance it's about five and a half six hours something like that and um, Montana is just huge, man. It's just, it just is, but no, you're right. I, uh, it's funny. I've gotten to talk to him now a couple of times in the last month and I hadn't seen him in 10 years prior. And, and the, the thing that I know about people who are coaching and teaching and giving for the right reasons is that it doesn't matter how long in between the conversations I trust. And I believe that it's going to be good. And, and this one is no doubt. No question. And, and I just, I was so encouraged by, by thinking about the stuff that he talks about and how to implement it in my day to day. Right. And how to do this stuff, not only with the people I pour into down like athletes and younger people, but how do I do this with everybody in my life? Because that's the call, right? That's, it matters. He says that in the podcast, right? It matters. It doesn't matter what it is, but if you're doing it, it matters. It doesn't matter who you're affecting and influencing. It doesn't matter if they're young and influenceable or old and hard to reach. What you're doing matters. Make the best of it. No, and I, I always love when we get to have conversations and we have episodes where we both take a bunch of notes because I know that it's one, it's growing you guys as listeners and two, it's growing us. Like Jamie, I know you're going to use some of the stuff that Brett said today, you know, working with a team in the future or me working with an individual today, I'm going on my way there right now. Something that he said, I'm sure will come up in that conversation. So it's just real tangible. It's real accessible. Brett is one of my favorite people in this world and uh, you're going to really enjoy it. We got better and you will too. Here we go. We now welcome on a very special guest. Jamie, you and I know this guy from way back, lived with him. Yeah. I was half of, uh, nah, I'm going to take a third of the credit of tormenting this gentleman and ruining his sleep in the middle of the night, mostly based <laughs> off of bets and who lost bets. But anyway, Brett Bolwig, uh, one of our college teammates and roommates, and now head football coach at Whitefish High School in Whitefish, Montana. Brett, welcome to the pod. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Congratulations again on all you guys are doing. It's pretty cool to see you guys having success with this. And, and yes, some of us got up early to, to work, and uh, others of us stayed up late to play. So I don't know which uh, side you guys are on, but I know which side I was on. I will say without question until I was about 27, I stayed up late to play. There is, there is no doubt about it. That was, I was a night owl and now it's changed. It's kind of wild. I mean, I had good role models, I guess you and you and curb getting up 
real early. I don't know. I feel like you did homework in the morning. Like that was the craziest thing I've ever heard of. I don't know. I, I, I think I just waddled my way to the weight room and opened it up for people. That's all I did. I just found jobs to make money and get by and it worked. It still does. It still does. I still like waking up in the morning. So, so Brett, tell us a little bit about how a kid from the Chicagoland area ends up in the mountains in Whitefish lost, not lost, <laughs> loving it. But how do you end up there? What are you up to these days? You know, after college, I, I, um, I, we came out here to Whitefish on a ski trip um, with a couple of guys and stayed in a, a guy named Jim Bjork's house, um, old young life leader here. And he, uh, one thing led to another and he, he encouraged me to come out and check out working for young life. So I worked for young life for uh, seven years out here in Whitefish and then um, worked my way into the teaching profession at the high school. And now I'm the junior, I'm at the junior high now and um, coaching, been coaching all along and um, realizing that small town life was, was made for me. Um, I was made for small town life, I should say. Well, don't so, tell everybody that because it's a secret that not everybody knows about. We don't want everybody moving oh, out to man. Montana. Yeah, it's all shirky. Your house probably floating away right now with the weather outside, I bet. It's been crazy, but uh, now we're, we're pretty fortunate here, but now it's been crazy. But Yeah. So you said you got into the teaching, worked your way into the teaching profession. What, what does that mean? How did that come about? I was, so I was working for Young Life. I was coaching at the high school, coaching at the junior high. Um, and subbing all the time because it was a natural thing for me to do within my young life role. I was the area director here. And so easy way to meet kids is spend time on their turf and um, build some relationships with them through substitute teaching. And a job opened up late in the late after the school year started. It wasn't in my area, but the teacher I was subbing for, she's like, man, you need to apply for this thing. Um, it was in special ed. And um, so, yeah, my first, uh, my first year teaching, I was, I was coaching football. We, I started teaching in October in special ed, which I had no background in, no experience in. I started my master's program in special ed in January, on January 14th. And my first child was born on January 15th. Um, and so for two years, I did that. I finished my schooling right after my second child was born and then uh, I ended up in in junior high PE and I found all this extra time on my hands to hang out and start <laughs> doing schoolwork and uh, trying to figure out what the heck I was doing every day so um, yeah it was a good deal it worked out really well for me though well obviously you have an incredible wife who supported you in doing that so yes. feel free to feel free to you know thank her right now oh, she'll yeah. listen. Hey. She knows that uh, she knows she's the boss. She, she is the one that makes our family happen. And, um, man, she's, she's the, probably the toughest lady I know. Um, because yeah, she's, she, she puts up with me every day and, um, keeps our kids together and, and allows me to be able to do things like coaching football and coaching at the junior high and, um, pouring into kids in our, in our little community here. So so you recently, I mean, you've kind of alluded to the fact that you've been coaching this whole time. And I kind of said in the intro there that you just took over the head job there. I got to sit down and talk to you a few weeks ago. I hadn't seen you in years and 
it was awesome to catch up, but tell us a little bit about kind of how you came to be the next head coach at Whitefish. Sure. Yeah. So I, I started coaching right when I got here, actually the first guys I met after the guy that hired me um, was one of the guys that I've coached under for the last 12 years. He was a head coach here um, named Chad Ross. He is a man who um, he allowed me the freedom to, to really take ownership in our program um, through the way that he guided. So we coached freshman football together. Shortly thereafter, he became the head coach of a program. And, um, and I called the defense and we, uh, we just really worked well together. And it was so encouraging that he allowed us the opportunity to have our fingerprints all over the program. You know, he's the one with his name on the top of the list, but, but it never felt like he was the one mandating all these things. He allowed us and encouraged us to, to explore new things to, and, and processed with us. And so, um, decided this last year, just nothing bad, just family stuff and life and wanting to be able to see his kids a little bit more, um, who are known and or grown and moved on, um, decided to, to step down and, um, you know, came and talked to me and said, and you need to, we've been talking about it for years actually. And, um, I've been trying to encourage him to hang on so I could just keep coaching and not do all the stuff that comes along with being a head coach and spending time loving on kids and, and, and pushing them and challenging them. And now I get to be the one that hopefully encourage our staff to, um, to be able to do all those things and open up avenues for them to grow as coaches and as, as humans and men, um, leading others, um, in that same direction. So, so I'm curious, you know, we, we obviously have the same coaches in our rear view mirror, right. Our, our past. And, and it sounds like you have a, a really cool experience being able to be autonomous as a leader in the program in your own way. What do you see for your pro? I mean, I, I hate the word your program, right? Cause I, I want coaches to say we and us an hour rather than, than sure. me, my, and out in, you know, in your program. So, so I asked that question with the context of understanding that it is a whole program that we're talking about, but you are now the head of it. How do you, how do you envision creating meaningful progress? Right. And, and that might mean change, you know what I mean? Like progress is change in a lot of ways. And so it, it might be, Hey, we really trust what he was doing. I have a great relationship. We're going to keep a lot of the same things in place. But in what ways do you see your your influence uh, causing progress in the program? Yeah, it's a great question. It's one that I've wrestled with a lot, actually, because, like I said, the, our our program here in Whitefish is is actually it's really well respected. Sometimes we're really good, and sometimes we have been really bad. But at the same time, um, teams and other schools know what they're going to get from us, um, and it's it's all the, the characteristics we want from a team, and so. I really wrestled with the idea of how does, how does, um, you know, my ability to guide our staff through, um, a, a new era really is what it is. Um, and what changes do I want to make? Because I feel like, man, probably 10 years ago, I started a document of just things that I want to do. You know, I probably heard it from somebody like just started writing stuff down and, uh, started writing the hunt. And as I look at this stuff, when I went to interview for the job, I'm like, man, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this, because 
because our coach allowed me to do that. And so there's some things in there that, that I'm looking forward to doing, you know, something that I've shared with our, our kids or our guys um, is uh, a lot of the same things. Actually, it's funny to, to hear from other guys that, you know, on your guys' podcast or guys that I've talked to that we played with um, common themes that come up over and over in, in guys' philosophies. Um, and, and as I kind of put together, what's our philosophy going to be? What's our pillars as a program? Um, I kind of stumbled, stumbled upon, developed all these things that, man, they matter way more to me than just playing football. Um, and it's funny how a handful of years ago, these, these four words would have meant probably totally different things, but we're, we're the bulldogs here in whitefish and, um, this acronym of, of dogs, um, diligence being the D, uh, the idea of, you know, what, what the heck is diligence? I, told our guys we had some spring practices last week like hey who can define what diligence means there's a lot of crickets and that's okay <laughs> um diligence this idea that that um the definition actually is careful and persistent work or effort careful and persistent work or effort and, and i love that idea it's different than um dedication or determination or all these things that you, you might hear in, in a football setting um, which are all good or discipline but careful work, you know, focusing ownership, um, OB and ownership, man, what, what do you going to own it? You got to own it because that's life. You screw up, you got to own it. You do something well, you got to own it um, and, and move forward with all those things. And then these last two are really the ones that stuck out G being gratitude. Um, and that geez, Louise, if, if I approach everything with, with a grateful attitude for what I got, um, I was talking to my kids about this last night as they were kind of, being a little bit downers about stuff, man, if you can be grateful for stuff, it's going to change your perspective. And then the fourth one being service, um, that if we can serve other people, that's one of those things that, that I know we all took from coming into a program where it was a big deal that the, the oldest guys served. The oldest guys were the ones that got low and became small so that others could be big. And, you know, for a 17 year old boy um, to have to earn their stripes on their helmet um, by doing service hours. Uh, it, it's a new thing for them, things like that. I think all the things that I'm trying to help our guys understand is that there's a big world out there and we play a part in it. And, and what we do with that opportunity is what makes the difference and not just our lives, but others. And, and that's how we're going to grow as human beings and as men and as fathers and as parents and husbands and, and the things that really matter. So but you talk about, you know, the other stuff that head coaches have to do, right? And, and obviously, you just laid out kind of some changes and some things that you want to see for the program moving forward. How do you make sure that you now moving into this role as a head coach still get to pour into those kids and love those kids in that way? It might not be the same because you're dealing with travel schedules and schedules and equipment and fundraising and all the stuff that comes with coaching that none of us really love doing, but are necessary, right? How do you make sure that you maintain that contact with those kids so that they don't lose sight of the fact that you, you do really still care about them and, and, and have them at, at the center of kind of what's important here? Uh, yeah. Great question. Um, I think the biggest thing in all the roles that I've played in my, my adult, <laughs> adult working life, 
um, shoot, I've, I've hung out with junior high and high school kids for my whole life. So it's not like I feel like I don't work very much, but, um, all the things that I've ever done, I've never had a desire to be, um, I've always felt that I'm a player coach, always felt that I'm a player coach, never felt like I'm the one that is on top of this and everybody, because I just don't think it functions very well when you see, you know, I've recently loved just watching and learning from other coaches kind of turn college football into this big, like, man, well, I I really love this coach that I'm watching and and learning from. Um, How does he do things? There are, almost none of those people that I've seen and watched are the people that stand on the sidelines and just point fingers. They're the ones that are doing. Um, and I think that's the, the most critical piece. If I find myself that I'm not doing um, the coaching, um, goodness, I'm in the wrong deal because uh, I'm not trying to climb a ladder um, of, of the coaching world. I'm trying to pour into kids and, um, and help them understand about life because that's the same thing that everybody that I've had in my life has done for me from, you know, our junior high, my, my dad was my junior high football coach to my high school coaches to college coaches. And, um, that's the example that I've seen. And so hopefully I can give that to some other guys too. What does doing look like? You say, I want to be the guy that does. I'm, I'm curious in your mind, like you talk about coaching, like what is coaching to you, you know, in your mind, what does it look like to be a coach? I think it looks like, um, learning about our players, learning about the guys that we have on our team. Um, because if I know, um, John or I know Jamie, I'm going to know them well enough to know that this is too much for them. I can't teach them this at this point, or I need to explain this in this situation in this, in this way, because if I just try and say one blanket statement, half of it's going over half the guy's heads. And now we're at square one. Um, You know, we're in a, we're in a program shoot. I'm, I'm really excited. We might have 60 guys in our program this year, and that's a huge number for us. Um, And so we are, by anything but a factory school where, Hey, you can't do this next guy in like that. That's been the, probably the most enjoyable piece of this small town coaching for me is that, that we, we kind of lay our cards on the table and go, okay, here's what we got this year. How can we make this work? And so putting p- the puzzle pieces together to figure that out, as opposed to saying, this is who we are, figure it out, or you're probably not going to play a role in our program we don't get that luxury and there, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the, this is, man, it's, it's so fun because the challenge of it is constant and it's every year, you know, we'll, we'll get a new coach in. Well, what'd you guys, well, that, there's no way that's going to work with these guys because it's a whole different team and it's only been three months. Um, and so finding out ways to um, help our guys understand and learn um, the, the, the context of what we're trying to teach um, that's coaching to me. That's, that's taking chicken soup, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, making something out of it. So, uh, and not just saying, Hey, here's what it is. Let's go uh, figure it yeah. out. I, I just had the unbelievable good fortune to spend a year coaching 
at Bethel and a little bit more than that. I'd spent a spring there and then spent a whole year there. And, and I remember very clearly coach Miller in our, in our Monday night meetings, as we're planning for the week, you know, we'd have all these great ideas and we'd come with something and be like, oh, we got to do this because they're going to attack us like this. And he'd be like, we have to teach it, Jamie. <laughs> like, are you going to be able to teach it by Saturday? And yeah. I was just like, oh my, that's it, right? That is that is the end product that we're trying to get to. Because like you said, if if you create a blanket statement, right, you might have one athlete that can perform at that level, mm -hmm. but that athlete might not be out there on Saturday because of injury, because of, you know, fitness, whatever it is, you might have six reps where that, that athlete is not on the field. And all of a sudden those six reps are the, are the game in yeah. some ways. And so being able to prepare in such a way with this, and it's just stuck in my mind as 23, I think 24, whatever it might've been when I was sitting in those meetings and it's stuck in my mind since then that you always have to teach it. Also, there's no, there's no shortcut you know, like, and, and all of us are, are students of the game type people. And so if coach teaches us something on a Tuesday, like by Friday, we might have it, but we right. can't assume that they are us. And I love that you started with know your athletes, yeah. know your guys, right. Cause that's going to give you the capacity to teach it differently. Yeah, very much. So we talk a lot about, um, I don't know where it came from, if it was something I made up or just speed and confidence and what that looks like within our players. If we can play, um, fast. It's probably because we're confident. And if we're confident, we're going to play fast. Well, if we're running five different coverages, shoot our guys at practice in a week, we got the JV teams gone on Monday. So we're, our, our practices, you know, could be anywhere from 20 to 30 guys. Um, and then they're going half the time on offense and half the time on defense. And we got to fit special teams in too, so that we can make sure it's good by Thursday our time on task is limited. And so what do we got to do to make sure we can do things with speed and confidence so that we can go to a game on Friday night and actually perform well and let our kids fly around and not be thinking while they're doing it. And so, yeah, knowing those guys makes, holy cow, we've, we've done a, a heck of a lot of different things to help kids understand stuff. And it's funny to think back on all the different ways that we've taught the same concept to, you know, however many different kids. So, um, it's fun that way. Right. I'm curious about something Jamie and I have talked about. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast much, but Jamie and I have both coached in places that have a ton other than sports to offer kids. You know, when I was in Colorado, you know, I had a ton of kids that were competing, trying to get to the X games or, you know, us Olympic teams, things like that and skiing. And it's like, well, do I really want to play football or am I just going to get ready for that? And mm -hmm. Jamie, similarly, when you were in Pequot where it's like, there's so many things to do, especially in the off season in the summer, it's so nice. It's hard to, yeah, and to not only that, to go work out all this service industry jobs. So these kids right. can make tons of money. And they're like, why would I go play football and sacrifice this eight grand I'm going to make in the fall? You know, yeah. like, and I don't say that disparagingly to them. That's a real decision these kids have to make. Right. But it's real. Like it's real to us as coaches too. Well, and I, and I also think even if you don't live in a touristy place, right, there's still other, a ton of other draws for kids now that fight for their attention. I'm wondering if you guys have had any of that conflict where you're, not, not trying to 
recruit kids to come out and beg them to play. Cause I, I, if I know you at all, that's not who you are, but at the same time, you, you also know that that's a real thing that you have to make whatever it is that you're offering appealing, right. To, to those kids and those families. So I'm just curious how, if you guys have encountered that and what, what you've done to do that. You just said you're gonna have 60 kids out, which is a big right. number. Like, how are you there with that challenge in place? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it, um, I know a lot of it has to do with the relational piece that we build with kids. You know, we have, we have coaches, um, we have a few coaches who aren't on staff in the schools, but like I have the unique fortune to meet these kids in, in fifth grade. Um, so I spend four years with them leading into high school. Well, we have 23 kids signed up for freshman football right now. Um, and we have some great coaches at the high school who love, who have the same perspective on what this coaching thing is about. It's about um, helping young men to learn about life through a game that, that, that's silly. I mean, it's, it's guys running into each other and trying to take a football through to an end zone. Like it's silly, but it's a great way that we get to share life with them. And it's a great thing that we're passionate about. So that's where it starts. The relational piece of why would I want to, why would I want to play football if I can do all the things you just said, because anything you just said, and then some we have, and it's literally, it takes me 20 minutes from my driveway to be skiing. You know, it's, we have Olympians come out of here. Everybody thinks they're going to be the next Olympian, um, da, 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 right down the line. And so the attraction to it is, is not, the attraction is not, Hey, let's go play football. The attraction is let's spend time together. Um, let's build relationships together. Um, starting from our coaches because man, we enjoy coaching together. Um, I can't really imagine being on a staff where it's like, man, this is miserable. Um, it's, it's goofy to go to practice and not have the guy who is our former head coach be there because he's a dear friend and a great guy and somebody I want to spend time with. Um, and they see that our guys see that and our guys see the effort that we make to get to know them and who they are and, and the desire to, to see them succeed. And because um, we're at their basketball games, we're at the, you know, we're this half of us are coaching their other teams, you know, and it's, it's the time that we get to spend together um, that I think makes it worth it for them. Um, you know, and it's starting in, in fifth and sixth grade PE class, they get to hang out with them and, and learn about who they are and their families are and what matters to them. And that's the deal. I mean, if I'm, if I'm just another person, I, I have completely neglected the gift that God's given me to be in these guys' lives. If I'm just another teacher, if I'm just another person that comes and goes in their life, like, man, I've just taken an opportunity that, that God's put right in front of me on my lap and said, eh, I'm good. Um, what a shame that would be for, for somebody else not to receive um, Christ's love, because that's certainly what I've been given through all the people that have poured into me, um, coaches and other people too, so... Yeah, I, I think it's so interesting that you say this, like, let's spend time together, right? It just it just lands in my lap because I think back to our experience, right? And how it wasn't like fall camp, for example, was a grind and it was hard and challenging. And yet it was the best because it was just us spending time together all the time for three weeks. We didn't have to worry about class. We didn't have to, it was just us hanging out. And I think when I hear that and, and I could bring it to 
the bigger audience, right, is coaches. Who are you recruiting to be in your staff that you yeah. want to spend time with? Who do you want to hang out with? If you guys have cool relationships, I don't care if they know football. We can teach you that. Mm-hmm. Like we, But when we model loving, caring, kind, appreciative, grateful relationships, guess what kind of kids and athletes we're going to have in our program? Loving, caring, kind, appreciative, grateful kids, grateful athletes. And now when you talk about fast and confident, speed and confidence, like you come from a place where I don't need to worry if my coach likes me because mm-hmm. of the output on the field. I know that he likes me. So I'm confident that I can screw up. And like, we just go, and it's like you say, it's been a theme in a ton of our episodes, right? Where it's like, put the systems in place yeah. that you value and good things are going to happen outcome wise on the field. How do you, not just in the, the classroom opportunities, because not every coach out there is in the classroom. Not every coach has, how are you building other opportunities to spend time together and to pour in loving relationships to these athletes that, that you're going to get to work with someday. And I love, like you go back just a few episodes, we talk about year zero and building a program in the long term. It's the someday athlete that you're also thinking about when you're thinking like that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, I, I love the, um, so Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, he yeah. just said something that, that, that triggered to me. He's he came out recently and said, it was a couple of months ago. He said, man, this is, it's not a grind. You know, we, we love those, those phrases that you hear them all the time. It's a grind. It's a grind. And it's a grind. But like what you just alluded to, Jamie, he said, uh, what he said, basically, it's not a grind. It's not a drag. It's what we do. Um, that if this thing of coaching and, and, um, all this stuff becomes a grind, man, it's, I'm in, I'm doing the wrong thing. I really believe that, um, you know, loving my kids. Well, loving my wife. Well, like that's not a grind. If it's a grind, I'm doing the wrong stuff because if it's not giving me life, it's certainly not giving them life. And as I'm coaching, um, if I'm dreading going to, to weights this morning, um, a pick, you know, this summer or this spring went to a clinic and, just the idea of like this coach talking about, um, you know, I, I got to be the one that's that's showing them what this looks like. And we have a couple guys on our staff that like we kind of talked about it. Like, man, I, I'm not going to have a cup of coffee at our weights in the morning. I'm gonna I'm not going to do that because it's setting a precedent, right? And um, you know, Dabble Sweeney said you can't charge a dead battery with a dead battery. Like, what a concept. That's like, it's not a grind. This is a privilege to be able to go do this. It's a privilege to show up and and be able to spend time with these guys. And it's something I tell their parents. We don't take it for granted that you're entrusting us with your 15, 16, 17 year old boy for a heck of a lot of time, because we're going to see him a lot more than you will in the fall and starting right now. Um, And so I would expect you to treat my kid the same way I'm treating your kid. Um, that whole principle of, um, you know, on the side of my dad's plumbing trucks in Wheaton, Illinois, you know, we treat you as we'd like to be treated. And it's true. It's, it is. I talked to my grandpa about it. Like, man, you know, did you pull that from the book of Matthew grandpa. And, um, but it's, it is, it's, it's what matters. So. Right. You, you, you talk about Wheaton and your, your family and growing up. And I talked about you being from a, 
larger city and something that people don't know unless they know you. And I, I feel confident saying this because, you know, you, you're very comfortable in, in your own skin, but you call yourself vertically challenged. <laughs> One of the things that um, stands out to me, I have two, two images. One of you have a, you had a high school picture you know, you're walking out for the coin toss and one of your teammates from high school ended up playing offensive and defensive line at Oklahoma or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can just remember still that picture of you guys walking out, holding hands and, and being like, man, this dude by all visual effects doesn't look like he belongs on this field. Right. And I still, and I told you this and I told your kids this when I got to hang out with them not too long ago, but for me, the hardest I've ever been hit on a football field was <laughs> Brett Bullwig. And so I just want to, I, I'm just curious where, where did this confidence and uh, belief in yourself and maybe disregard for the physical attributes. And I, clearly you're a good athlete. You played at a high level and you made incredible plays and you made people around you better. But like I said, you're not very tall. And that probably helped you in some ways, and it also hurt you in some ways. So how did you kind of overcome that, and how do you use that now in your coaching to help kids that maybe are like, well, I'm not big enough, fast enough, strong enough, fill in the blank? Man, that's a that's a tough one because um, it's never something I've really um, – it's totally like, – you can't change your height, right? You can't change your size. You can – yeah. You can do a little bit with speed and you can do some with strength, but there's certain things that you, you just can't do anything about. And I struggled with it a lot for a long time. Um, just the idea that, you know, even in high school, seeing guys on our team who are getting recruiting letters and coach, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. What? And, you know, him explaining the process of recruiting and colleges looking, you know, that was in the day when there wasn't all the other stuff, but looking at rosters, like, Oh, let's send that guy a letter. Let's send that guy a letter. Um, shoot. Even, you know, just life of being a, a small guy. I mean, it's, it's what it is. And, and there, you can't do a lot about it. I think the the perspective of um, continuing to learn that, Hey, this is, this is what I am. This is who God made me to be. Um, and if it's my, my job, my responsibility now to do something with it, because, one of my favorite things is when these stinking sixth graders come in like, Mr. Bullock, I'm taller than you now. Like, Hey, if that, that's an accomplishment, you got to set your sights a lot higher than that. I mean, most people are. Um, and it's, uh, I think that's something that, um, hopefully I can, I can share with other people and perspective on life of, and you have what you have. Um, and it's your responsibility to go do something with it. Um, you have what you have, you know, I, even last night, my, my kids were kind of at, at their little sister a little bit. And um, I was sharing with them the fact that, man, we have this great gift and perspective because unfortunately, a couple of years ago, they lost a, a little brother and like to, to be able to understand that is really a gift. Like it's a gift to know that there's a whole nother side to this thing that if we don't take what we've been given and use it to our advantage, um, then, then we're wasting it. And if we're wasting it, we're wasting our life. 
because being tall, being short, man, there's so many days I just craved to be tall. Oh, and when every time you get on a plane, you don't think that. Um, and I still won't ever feel bad for you about that. But um, <laughs> one of those deals that uh, this is this is it. Like this is who I am. Um, and it took me really, I mean, probably until probably until junior year in college to be like, okay, this is me. And I'm good with that, that this is who God made me to be. There's a lot of times when I wish it was different, but at the same time, I don't know. I had to work for a lot of things when I was, when I was younger and and playing and even still, I mean, yeah, junior high kids making fun of my height. It's, you know, it's one of those things that's, it, it can be fun. And it's not a, it's not, again, it's not a drag. It's not, it can't be because if it was, if we let something in our world of, of mental health stuff, that's so important right now and trying to help our players understand that, that, yeah, you might not be the fastest, you might not be the strongest, but if you let that crush you, it can crush you or you can overcome a little bit. You can do something about it. Um, if you're, if you're small, yeah, you, you might be small. doesn't mean you can't play. Um, and so your perspective on things as you approach them before you even start doing something makes a huge difference and, um, learning to battle through some of that adversity and training your mind to know that it's amazing what you can do if you let yourself, um, yeah, struggling, struggling through things. We were talking about that in the way you're in this morning, how do we struggle through things and, um, the growth that comes within that, um, when you're with each other, especially, you know, and we're struggling through something with people that we love and care about, um, we can do amazing, amazing things. Well, and you talk about, don't let it be a drag. Cause if it's a drag, sometimes it's going to be a drag all the time. Cause it's not mm-hmm. something you have control over. Right. And so you then, when you get around people and you're thinking or focusing on this thing that you can't take control over, you now isolate instead of lean in, right. You don't, you don't, you, you step away from people because you now resent the fact that you're not more like someone else. You have this comparison ideal instead of this like collaborate ideal, you know? And I think this, this perspective that you talk about is, is so vital in, in everything that we do, you know? And, um, you know, like I, I read a lot of stoicism stuff and Ryan holiday and he talks about memento mori, this reminder of death. And you spoke to, to losing, losing his son and, and like how that it's a gift. Like I, it's, that is a really hard perspective to take from, from, and not, it doesn't diminish the moment or the experience in itself. It just reminds you live this thing fully, completely, with i would abandon in some ways right abundantly mm-hmm. you know if we if we talk from scripture right life abundant like yeah how do that that is not an easy thing to do in the hardship that you guys had to experience and i'm just curious you, you mentioned talking to your kids who went through that experience we had another guest on tom ryan uh, the the head coach at ohio state he talked about when they came home and they asked where's you know, where's Teague, where's, where's our brother. And he didn't have an answer for him. And that sent him on a search. How do you, how do you teach your kids perspective in that moment? Because I think what I'm asking is really about if you can do it for your own family in your own house, when something like that has happened, you have to have tools 
to teach us as coaches how to do it with a kid that might be disappointed that they're not playing on a Friday. Sure. Sure. You know, he's, yeah. How do you, how do you share an experience like that with someone who hasn't experienced it? You, you really can't. Yeah. Um, but the perspective of, of what is our purpose? What's our focus? What are we doing here? Yeah. If my purpose is to win the state championship as a coach, I am, I have had success once in 15 years of all the sports I've coached. Yeah. If that's my perspective, yeah, I really am. I'm crappy at what I do. Um, that's a terrible percentage, right? But if my perspective is, you know, talking to my kids, what's my perspective? Is my perspective the fact that we have an opportunity to live our lives in such a way that when the end comes for us, we get to have a party in heaven with Jesus and, and your brother and your son, my son? Like, holy cow, that changes everything. That changes the way I, I deal with an eighth grader who's being a, a turkey. And that changes the way that I deal with our, our sophomore backup who wants to play more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my office at school and I there's a C.S. Lewis quote I have posted up here. I've had it here for about eight years. And it just says there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. Um, far, far better things ahead that, man, the life that I am going to to have in heaven um, celebrating is going to be incredible. And it's going to be for a lot of reasons, but mostly for the fact that um, that's my purpose here is to glorify Christ and do what I'm doing so that others get to know and have that opportunity to do the same thing. Um, so for my kids, for our, for our players, obviously I teach at a public school and coach at a public school and it, it doesn't change, you know, I, we get to read a lot about unfortunate situations of people who are trying to do the right thing and, and, and end up on the back end of it. And that might be me someday. I don't know, but I tell you what, if I get fired for doing something that, that puts me in perspective of, of being in heaven with Jesus, like that's worth it. Um, and so, yeah, understanding what's, what's most important, right? What's important now, the WIN acronym that we all have heard and, you know, W-I-N, what's important now? Well, it never really changes. It never really changes. It might look a little bit different in what we're trying to do at the moment, but what's important now is, is man, showing Jesus to people and what we're doing every day um, and helping them understand that there's a lot out there that, uh, that matters and how we, how we love other people, so shockingly this reminds me of a coach jay quote you know when he he talks about you know the freedom of knowing whose we are and who we are and whose we are mm -hmm. and then how knowing that the knowledge of knowing that how dare we not go run the race to the yeah. best of our ability and and regardless of you know if you don't know by now we kind of all share a similar background and experience in in our and, and different in our faith journeys and our, and our walks and, and our beliefs and our values. But at the same time, whether you believe what Brett just said or anything that we have said in the past about our own beliefs, it's still true, right? The perspective is there are still far greater things ahead, yes. right? And, and how dare you not go live life to the fullest because it's such a fragile thing. We don't know 
right? Whether it's you yourself or someone you love, um, man, there's a, yeah, it's just a, it's a cool gift to have. And I'm, I appreciate you, you sharing that story with us and I'm not easy, I'm sure. Uh, but it's, it's a powerful story and it's, it's beneficial for all of us to, to hear. Yeah. You know, it, it matters. That's what, it's one thing of the last couple of years. Well, it matters. So try to tell our, our guys that, that, and it, it doesn't matter what it is, what it is. It, it matters that if I'm doing it, it matters because if I'm doing it, I got to do it as well as I can. And that's not a, you know, that's, that's a biblical thing, but it has nothing to do with the Bible in a lot of senses that, man, if I, if I'm trying to be a good husband, it matters mm. um, because I am, I'm, I'm a husband. I got to do it right. I and mean, if I'm taking a test in history class and it's, I'm a, I'm a junior, like it matters. You got to approach things in the way that it matters because um, if we don't, we're neglecting the gift. We're letting it go to waste. And, and it does, it's a hard thing to share with, with 16 year old boys. Cause I know I certainly was that way. Like, let me get through this and get it over with so I can move on and go to practice. Well, and it's going to be unfortunate when you're doing homework during practice time, because you haven't taken care of number one. Um, and, and because of the things that, that matter. So, yeah. Right. And it's the old prefontaine quote, quote, right. To give anything less than your best is to mm-hmm. sacrifice the gift. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm so grateful that like I got to rub shoulders with people like you for even a small period of my, of my life to be able to say that perspective, hard one, hard earned, but it's been there forever. I like when John was searching for a word to describe you, I'm just like tenacious, right? Like that's the word in my head. It's just like, you know, we played the same position. We, we fought for time on field mm-hmm. with each other, you know, like yeah. we rotated together and I had nothing. I was never resentful of the fact because I, I understood who you were and how much you helped us and you benefited us when you were playing, you know, and I hope that the, the feeling was mutual and that we were, we were taught that, right. That wasn't something I would have done as a 16 year old high school athlete. That was a perspective given to me by my coaches. Right. Right. And when I think about the stuff that you're talking about right now, the role of coach is to teach those things, to honor the time we get to spend together. It Mm -hmm. matters the time we spent together. And I haven't seen you in, I don't know, 12 years, 15 years. I have no idea, man. But like, I have unbelievably fond memories because they taught us it matters. Coaches, leaders, people out there listening, your job is not always bottom line end product win state championships. It is to build relationships like the one that I am just so grateful we have with you thank you so much for joining us and for sharing and and being a dude because when i when i think back like that's that's how i would describe you man so uh thanks for joining us no man i appreciate the time you guys are you guys are doing good stuff it's fun to fun to hear and, and listen and follow along with what you're doing and um yeah it's always fun to, to catch up it seems always seems like it's too long right um no doubt. one day one day <laughs> Thanks, Brett. Jamie, every time it is incredible to catch up with people from our past and every time we do it, 
it fills us up. Me, certainly, I'm not, I, sh- I shouldn't say us because I'm guessing you had a similar experience For today, sure. but sure. uh, it fills our hearts and our, our fuel and reminds us that there are people doing incredible things from not only the people that we've met and that we continue to meet, but from our past that we haven't talked to in a long time. Yeah, no doubt. I, I just, it's so refreshing to hear you know, like we ask these questions all the time and we have coaches come on and and say a lot of the same things. And I, I, it's like, I just read this the other day, just because it's common sense doesn't mean it's common practice. Right. And a lot of what Brett and a lot of the coaches we have on talk about is common sense, right? It's just common sense, create meaningful relationships, spend time together with people that you want to be spending time with, right? If it's not giving me life, it's certainly not giving them life. Like I love when he said that, well, that's just a common sense statement. If it's not filling me up, it's not going to fill anybody else up either. That makes, but it's not common practice. We don't do this stuff. Like it's hard. It's hard. Like common sense is hard to do consistently. And especially when it comes to relationships with other people. And, and so much of the conversation today talked about what am I giving other people so that they can have the best experience possible? How do I create a, a relational community here that then allows excellence out there? And you, and you talk about common sense and a lot of similarities. And at the same time, you know, when he talked about his the acronym that they're using the dogs yeah. right and some of those words are different than what you would normally hear and so it's so yes it's common and there's some different some similarities but you know dogs being diligence careful yeah. and persistent work or effort I, the word kept popping in my head was like intentional he talked about it being careful right and that's i think that's what he was kind of talking about Not like for sure yeah on purpose ownership gratitude and service and Man, yeah, you could be talking about playing football, but that is if you if you live by that in your life, no matter what you're doing, man, what a way to live. And I like again, I've been reading this book, Legacy, about the All Blacks, and it talked about, and in there, he it talked about do you as an employee or do you as a as a business person assess and analyze your day consistently? Like, do you stop and look at what went on and how it went? As athletes, we do that. As coaches, we do that. How'd practice go today? What did we see today? What what did we get out of today? Was it valuable? Can we do it again tomorrow? Can we should we change it again tomorrow? That is what we all of us can do in life. Not only and in in the book, in the All Blacks book, it talks about we don't do it enough. Businesses don't do it. You know who doesn't do it enough? All of us in our own personal life. How did today go? Should I repeat some of those behaviors tomorrow? Do I need to analyze and change them? Like, and guess who can help you with that? Put yourself around people that are awesome people that hold you to a higher standard. And then you're going to want to go to them and be like, hey, how did I do today? What did I do today? Was it good? Was it bad? That's the challenge. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm envious in some ways of Brett having this cool coaching staff that's like, we love spending time together. If you do nothing else in this life, just surround yourself with people you love spending time with and things are going to go all right. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for Brett for bringing the good juice. And as always, live eyes up. <laughs>